1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos, and today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. And the NBA and NHL, the playoffs, they are in full swing. MLB heading towards the stretch run. So our partners at betonline.ag have you covered. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, Futures and props for you to bet on. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes, folks. So, what are you waiting for? Head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the pod today. We're talking Chicago Cubs. So, it's time to check in right now with our two Cubs experts. First coming up on the pod. He's heading down to the parade right now. The Josh Osick, Andrew Chafin, AJ Ramos, Jose Martinez, Cameron Mabin parade. It's Sean Graves. Hello, Sean.
0: Joey, my friend, how are you? We we are through the dog days of the season. We are into September. Playoff baseball is right around the corner, and Theo and Jed are making the moves to get us. (laughs) Let's go.
1: It's almost nut crunch time, and of course, also joining us on the pod today, you know when he gets to that parade i mean i know he's gonna say it so i'm gonna say it for him when jed and theo look at the trade deadline it's not five it's not six it's not seven it's not eight doesn't matter how many mediocre players you bring in as long as you're bringing them in onto the team dom fortini bring coming back into the pod welcome dom
2: Long-time listener, this is my Al Fonseca anniversary. It is my sixth time. You need six fingers to count my appearances.
1: <laughs> One for the Ripleys, believe it or not. That's for sure.
2: Great stuff. Gen-
1: gentlemen, welcome to the pod. The last time we talked, obviously, we talked a couple times on this pod. First, you know, the Cubs get off to a 13-3 and three start. We were riding high, feeling great. The last pod was a little bit more mixed. Cubs continue to sort of be stuck a little bit in this this lull, if you will, a bit of this swamp, but we want to start first with the Cubs making a flurry of moves right now. Could they have turned all eight of the players they acquired into a guy, maybe like a Mike Clevenger or perhaps as a batter of consequence, they could not, but they put a lot of different pieces onto the team. The roster is going to look a lot different coming up this next week. We're going to go to Sean first, just your thoughts on the myriad of moves that Jed and Theo made at this deadline.
0: Well, you know, first off, I'm just glad they, they were able to make some moves. You know, I mean, you look at our, our friends to the south. They did nothing, right? So great to see Theo and Jed doing their thing. I also think as Cub fans, if we're expecting any of these dudes to come in here and be all-stars, check that at the door, right? Maybe we catch lightning in a bottle and Jose Martinez hits 400 against lefties the rest of the year, and there we go. Because you just don't get all-stars for a player to be named later in cash consideration. So, <laughs> Happy we made the moves. Let's temper the expectations. Hope they can do a few good jobs for us.
1: And you got to feel for the Ricketts family right now that they were able to do this because, man, you know, the government was unable to extend unemployment right now. You know, a lot of people looking for work. It's just a really tough time right now for the Ricketts family. So I'm glad that they were able to find a couple of nickels between the couch cushions to make this happen. Mm -hmm. Dom, I want to hear your thoughts on this. You know, they picked up some pitchers, some lefties for the bullpen, picked up some guys for the bench. You know, which, which side are you a little bit more intrigued or perhaps interested in seeing moving forward, some of the bats that we picked up or some of the arms?
2: Uh, well, I think they're going to blow through the arms pretty fast. I mean, I was still waiting for my phone to ring the way they were making moves. Like, I was icing the shoulder all afternoon and you know, <laughs> answering all those out-of-state calls because, you know, I don't know, where, I don't know where Theo and Jed's cell phone plan is, but uh, um, I think they're going to blow through a lot of these pitchers, but I think that was the point and trying to stock as many pitchers as they can, because it's almost, you know, it's like, it's like the baseball draft. You load up on anybody. You can get quote unquote, the best players you can get. If they work out great, if they don't, eh, not that big of a deal. Um, I'd like to, I, I think I was always a fan of Cameron Mabin, but maybe I'm thinking of Mike Cameron this whole time. Um, but I, I think Cameron Mabin's a, a nice ad. Um, I think he's going to give you that off the bench, but, but in terms of the pitching, you know, don't, don't build the statue these guys yet.
1: Yeah, I agree. Cameron, Cameron Mabin specifically, a dude that can pinch hit and possibly hit a pinch hit home run. Yeah, something that I don't player. think that we had. Yeah, something that I don't think that we had with perhaps an Albert Elmora who got shipped off to South Bend. Speaking and of
2: unemployment.
1: Speaking <laughs> of, oh boy, oh boy. He's going to be on the pod pretty soon with us boys. Uh, <laughs> before you know it, Sean, hop in.
0: Well, yeah, I, mean, I got some stats here for you. So this was Elmora in thirty Bs. 167 <laughs> batting average, 265 on base, a 200 slug with a 29 OPS. Now, we're basically put him down, and we bring Maben in. So, Maben is a 244 batting average, 311 on base, 415 slug, and a 95 OPS plus. Is Cameron Maben, again, an all-star? No, but he is a pretty decent upgrade. I'm Major
1: upgrade down almost. Down more, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he can still play a little defense, too, as well. Absolutely. I'm kind of intrigued by the Jose Martinez pickup, you know, watching him against the Cardinals last couple of years. The dude always just seems to get a base hit. He was kind of a pesky out in their lineup. And I like the fact that he's only going to be a DH because I do not want to see him in the field whatsoever. And we'll see if those splits work out, those lefty splits, career 319 against lefties. It's been a problem for our, for these hitters. And maybe a guy that can kind of just give us a little bit of a jolt in the bottom half of that lineup. Which has struggled at times, and we're going to talk about the middle of the lineup plenty. But I, I want to sort of focus on just let's talk about the arms, move into the hitters, and we'll talk about the offense in just a second. These arms that are being brought in right now, trying to sort of read the tea leaves, figure out who can I trust in this situation, they all come with their own share of warts. Let's get AJ Ramos out of the situation right now just because he hasn't pitched to, to, since 2018. This is the Drew Smiley pickup for the, uh, the Jed and Theo era. This is something that we don't know what we're going to get necessarily. So let's focus on Chafin and Osage right now. Chafin, is he going to be ready tomorrow? Probably not going to have to wait on him, but he does have, um, you know, his last couple years in Arizona, 77 games, I think, in each of his last two years. ERA's under four. A lefty that looks like you can perhaps depend upon. And this Osage kid, really hard to read as well. Already getting all these notes about, you know, Boston putting him in these weird situations in games, looking at his splits. Looks like he, you know, he couldn't really keep it together for multiple innings. That looks like something that Boston was doing on the regular, sending him out for that second inning and then he was getting tagged. I don't see this as a situation that's going to be happening with the Cubs. He's going to be a one and done guy for them. Dom, let's go to you first. Between Chafin and Osich, you know, who do you think has got the best shot to possibly give us a shot in the arm? And do you think the days of Kyle Ryan might be over?
2: I, I, this, this bullpen, come on, we can, uh, they're both, they're both both really intriguing. Uh, I think, I think the numbers that jumped out at me were certainly, um, I'm leaning toward Osich being maybe a more dependable guy, but, um, in terms of the reason they got them to kind of hold those lefties down, Osich was uh, getting lefties out at a, you know, he, the lefties only hitting 231 against him and Chafin lefties are hitting 230 against him. So, I mean, if the goal for Jed and Theo was to go out and get players that could stop lefties mission accomplished. Now, whether these guys can, you know, because of the new setup and you got to face the three guys and some managers are actually smart and stagger their lineup, like the Cubs do at times, um, that might be a problem. Um, but like you mentioned, if it's just one and one and done, meaning the inning one and done, I think you're good to go with o- with Osich. I think I think you're better off. Uh, the ERA is a little high, but you know, 20 Ks versus five walks, uh, I'd rather see that.
1: Yeah, and Sean, uh, just a piggyback on this too as well. We might be looking at a situation where now that Chatwood's hurt with an elbow strain. This back half of those rotation, you know, after Darvish and Hendricks, Hendricks has been up and down again. His road splits are terrible. Darvish has been amazing, but you know, between Lester Quintana and Mills. They've been faltering just a little bit. We're going to see what Quintana has 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 what it has left in the tank. But let's be honest, you know, he can put up a three-inning, three, three seven-run start like nobody's business. Yes. Maybe these guys are being brought in a little bit too because the bullpen is going to get taxed, as we mentioned earlier. And, you know, they might be having to go to the pen a little bit earlier than they'd like in some of these games coming up. And we got a doubleheader against the Cardinals this weekend.
0: Yeah, no, very true. And, you know, just to piggyback on some of the stats Dom threw out there, Chafin, 230 career against lefties, Osage, 211. Now, the one thing that scares me about the Osage kid so far this year is six home runs in 15 and two-thirds. Now, again, that could be matchups because righties are killing the guy. That that scares me as well with the three-batter minimum. Righties are hitting 292 off him. So we definitely have to pick our spots with him specifically and get him in there where he is seeing two out of three lefties, three out of three lefties. You know, and the other kid from, from Chafin, from what it sounded like with Jed Hoyer, he made it sound like that, that guy's still a couple weeks away maybe. So he legitimately might be the last two weeks of the season that we're even seeing him. So how ready can he be in South Bend going forward? So again, you know, if they could just come in, get the lefties out, do their job, I'm okay with the moves. I don't think they're going to come in from the left side and be, you know, Randy Johnson by any means, but help Kyle Ryan out, push him back a little and let's see what happens.
1: And if it really is going to be two weeks, that's a really tough proposition to be bringing a guy in with 10, 12 games left. And these are all just white knuckle tight games when you're trying to secure a division. I mean, playoff spots are extended. Obviously, Cubs have a great shot at making the playoffs right now, but you really want to win that division and just give yourself an opportunity there. And like you just said, six home runs and 15 innings. Folks, let's do the math. If you were a starter and pitched 180 innings, That's that's 72 home runs.
0: Yep. That's
1: a lot. <laughs> it's like the inverse of a yeah. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire-type season. Yes. Um, so you really have to keep an eye on that, too. Dom, let's talk about the hitters real quick. We just mentioned Cameron Maven. You know, what do you think Jose Martinez brings to this team? Could he be a shot in the arm, or do you just think he maybe provides a little bit more of a professional at-bat in the mix? You know, we're bringing Souza back. We've been running Caratini out, but maybe just more of a blend at that DH spot.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, none of these guys are are gonna start the barn on fire for sure. I, th- like you mentioned, they're, they're both ball players. Uh, Jose Martinez has been nothing but a professional. He's crushed the Cubs at times. Cameron Maven, we already talked about. He's you know he knows how to get it done. Uh, these guys are barely hitting two fifty, um, but that's not really what they're here for.
1: That's pretty good on the Cubs right now, though. By the way, yeah, that's <laughs> like
2: they could they could right start now. at a corner position. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Can they close? I don't know. Um, but. Cameron Maben is a guy who's going to, you know, 714 OPS versus right-handed hitters. Martinez, you've got control over for a couple of years, so I could certainly see the positives of him. Um, Maben's a free agent after this year. Roll the dice. If Cameron Maben is out there and he's the best you can get right now, that's not a bad grab.
1: Sean, what are you looking for from Jose Martinez? I, I'm assuming he's going to be in the lineup, if not tonight, maybe tomorrow.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know what you just said, Joey, too, 250 makes you an all-star on this team. Because we're as a team, we're hitting 208 against lefties, so 250 is outstanding. And
1: I think 226 is a team.
0: Yeah. No, so I, I'm kind of with Dom on that, you know. And I kind of think of this in the, in the sense of who, who are we taking the bats away from, right? We're taking bats away from an Almora, probably Caratini from the right side, probably a David Bodie who, you know, in the pinch is great, but when he plays consistent, just strikes out way too much. So you put him in there against lefties, take those guys out, you get KB back tonight, which is now confirmed. Now all of a sudden you've got some guys that should do some damage against left-handed pitching.
1: Let's just open up the can of worms real quick. KB confirmed coming back tonight. We don't have the lineup out yet. Is he hitting leadoff, or would you put him somewhere else? Would you leave Hap there and perhaps put KB, what, in the 6 hole, five hole? Let's go, uh, let's go around the horn. Where do you guys think that he should be slotted in the lineup? Sean, we'll go first with you.
0: Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and you know, I was the biggest KB leadoff like go getter in the beginning of the season, but that that won't be the case now. I think Ian Hat absolutely has to stay there. You know, me and you talked recently. Maybe maybe we bump Riz down to three, slide KB in at two. That doesn't sound bad. Or I, I don't know, man. I don't know that we can keep Javi in the four spot anymore. We just can't do it. The strikeouts are just brutal. You know, he 0 for 0 for 11 with eight Ks this weekend. So maybe Riz has to slide down to the cleanup spot. KB slots in at two or three. Schwarber gets bumped up a spot. Something like that.
1: Yeah, Baez looks like garbage. We're going to get to that in a second. But, Dom, now that KB is back, how would you like to see the lineup sort of uh, slotted for you personally moving forward? I
2: wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing him at a nine spot. Just, I mean, I know that's that's a little unheard of, but you may as well. It's like a second leadoff spot. And, and you know, if he's going to get on base somewhere, get on base for the guys who are going to get you in. Um, obviously, I have to – extremely well might as well be player of the week last week um i, I keep rizzo at number two just because it looks like he's getting more comfortable there he's hitting the ball well in cincinnati yeah, starting to roll i mean ugh, bias just it was like it's like me up there but at least i would be taking a few more pitches just, you know he's they kept mentioning the fact that he's missing fastballs in the zone He's missing fastballs in the zone. The one thing you could always count on from Baez, he's not doing it right now. And when he can't hit that pitch, you know he's just going to wave at everything that's off the plate. And it's almost comical to watch his at-bats because you know know how to get him out. You know exactly how to get him out. And if we know how to get him out, you can be assured that most major league clubs absolutely know how to get him out.
1: He's pretty screwed right now as a hitter in the sense of we know that his weak spot is down and away. And rising heat right now above the letters. He cannot lay off it. He's swinging so hard at it. And, man, yeah, okay, Javi Baez swings the bat hard. We've known that for a super long time. But, man, his head is all over the place. And we have seen Javi in the past couple seasons, you know, kind of quiet himself for just a half second and take a ball to right field every once in a while. doesn't seem like he's willing to do that. The old adage of trying to get it all back with one swing, one at bat, and it's not just going to work. And here's the catch 22 with Javi, where personally, I'd love to see half Bryant, Rizzo. One, two, three. I do think with KB, you got a situation of if you're going to get this guy out of the slump, you got to give him as many at bats as you can. He yeah. still puts a professional bat up there. He can still draw a walk. You got to keep him up there. But if you put Rizzo in the three, now you got a situation of I would probably I would not put Contreras there to do the no. lefty righty thing. You do have to break that up. So what do you do in that situation? You probably have to put Baez and cleanup and then roll Schwarber five, Contreras six, Jay Hay, you know. And, you know, is it Jose Martinez, the guy that's going to be hitting cleanup for us by Thursday? Who knows? Let's see. But it's gotten to the point now with Javi where. You know, I'm not really sure what it is going to take. He had a game a couple weeks ago where he hit two home runs, and we were like, all right, well, he's squaring up the baseball again. This guy's got primal instincts. He can figure it out at the plate, and then boom, just like you said, Sean, what, 8Ks in the last 11 at-bats, each at-bat looking yeah. worse than the one previous. It's a really tough situation right now. Dom, hop in first, and then, Sean, go ahead.
2: Yeah, Sean, you said over 8 over the weekend. Was, but, you know, to spin it to the positive, he's one for his last 15 with only 9 Ks. <laughs> Uh, so he's got that going for him. Oh sixty seven, you know, one of my favorite things to yell at a game, Sean, is you gotta hit your weight. Yep. That's that's the least I could expect out of you. And he's hit you know, he's hitting my weight right now, yep. and that's definitely not good. I
1: was gonna say 067, you gotta hit the weight of your dog. That's you. <laughs> right. It's not a human, it's not humans anymore. We're in the we're in the realm of pets. Sean, go ahead.
0: Well, yeah, and especially you know, Hobby's second on the team in plate appearances behind Riz at the hundred and thirty four, and he's batting cleanup. Like Dom said, you have you have to take a few pitches. I mean, two thirty, what is he? a Two oh two batting average with a two forty six on base. Hobby's OPS plus right now is 64, 64. <laughs> That 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 is what Dominic's OPS plus would be if he was the starting shortstop for the Cubs. You can't have that in the cleanup spot. Now th- this is a crazy idea, and I and I'm I'm not the biggest fan of moving him around because he's probably swinging the bat the best he ever has as a Cub. But what about a guy like Jay Hay at the fourth spot? You're just looking for contact right there, right? It's not the old days where I have to have a guy in the cleanup spot looking for a three-run bomb. On this Cubs team, you're just looking for a guy to make contact when there's first and second, first and third. Keep the ball in play, and Jay is raking right now.
1: And the funny part about it, we've toyed around with this preseason about could Jay Hay yeah. hey, be our three-hitter, just a guy that's going to give you a professional bat, put some contact on there, and maybe not necessarily you know, hit the ball 450 feet, but maybe drive in some runs via the ground out or sacrifice fly. We are getting into that realm, and you know, let's give him a little bit of credit. You know, I think Ian Happ by far has been our best offensive player. I don't think there's any dis- disagreement there among the panel. But in terms of balls hit hard this season, Hap is right there. I think Rizzo's been robbed a couple of times. I think he's had some real hang with him situations where he's hitting the ball on the screws and isn't getting anything to show for it. And then Jay Hay. Jay Hay's the only other dude that's hitting the ball hard consistently. And maybe there will come a time. My, my, My only thing is Jay Hay and Schwarber are probably the two guys that I think are most likely to either improve or produce in that run producing part of the lineup. The thing is, just what do you do with Rizzo at that point? Because you can't have two lefties going back-to-back like that. It just makes things really difficult. When you play a team like the Brewers and Josh Hader, you know what I mean? That is just chum in the water for them. What do you do in that sort of situation? And it's getting to to crunch time right now, where some of these guys got to really start turning it around. You know, let's let's just talk about it. You know, X-Factors, we're heading into the last stretch, 20-something-plus games left to go in the season. Cubs got a lot of doubleheaders coming up. Dom, we're going to go to you first. Out of the group of the guys that we know for a fact, let's leave KB out of it right now because he's been injured. The guys that we know are not performing to their ability right now. Rizzo, Schwarber, Contreras, Baez. Dom, who are you looking at right now? That Maybe not who you think is most likely to bounce back because that could be Rizzo, but who's the guy that we need the most?
2: I'm definitely saying Baez. You need that right-handed – you need that strong right-handed bat. You need the pitcher to fear someone in the lineup, not have, you know, Happ and Rizzo get on in front of him, and then like, okay, great, I can strike this guy out. At least I can get someone to roll over a ground ball, then we're out of the inning. Um, you got to have Baez getting his head on straight because this is um, – not good I mean they even gave him a day off to get his head right which was only like you know half the day because there was a double header but still he he got to sit down and and that didn't seem to to uh to rectify anything you said it earlier where he was like you know he had the one game where he started to hit two home runs but you're not seeing that you know starting to come out of the slump hit the ball to the right side even if it's an out hit the ball hard to the right side hit something to the gap get robbed just so you can you know in, in the NBA it's like you just want to see the ball go through the hoop. You want to see him hit the baseball first. And, you know, I don't want to see weak contact. I want to see some sort of contact from Baez. And maybe Pittsburgh is just the right, just the right team to bring that out of him. Um, I feel like Rizzo's hitting the ball very well. He's starting to come out of that shell over the weekend. It doesn't matter. He's going to give you a quality at bat where you can't say that about Baez right now. So that's what they need. They need him to, to sharpen
1: up a bit. And it's sitting Javi down for a game is almost unheard of. And that's how you know how bad it is. Because even when he is scuffling, you got to keep him in the lineup just because of all the different intangibles, the base running, the tags, at second base, the defense, all of that stuff, the entire package of Javi Baez, you just want that dude in the lineup, whether he's hitting or not. And you're right, Dom, maybe he's sitting in the doctor's office right now and they're coming in and they're looking at the clipboard and the sheet. And then he's just like, what's wrong with me, doctor? And he's like, well, (laughs) it's not going great right now, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to play the Pirates for the next three days, and I want you to call me at the end of the week, and let's just sort of see where we are at right now. You know, Sean, I want to ask you about your X Factor 2 as well, and I I want to hear your thoughts on this Javi thing because the other thing that's kind of running through my mind right now is all we talked about in preseason, the real preseason, before stoppage of play, before 60-game season, everything, was that Javi was on the doorstep of signing a mega deal. Yes we're talking something well over a hundred million dollars, probably over one fifty maybe even over one eighty and that that those talks got stalled or they were tabled for the time being, everything collapsed on itself now we're in a sixty game season, and now the market or the the landscape of financials is completely different. poor Ricketts family anyways <laughs> my question for you though is. As a human being, me personally, you know I'm definitely thinking about that. When I strike out for the 7th or 8th time in the 11th at bat, and I'm looking up to the sky like Javi is walking to the dugout and being like, man, I could have $187 million right now, and it could be messing with his head that maybe that number is going down by the day. I don't think that there's truth to that in the actual market of baseball for Javi Baez, but do you think maybe it's going through his mind a little bit right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one thing, you know, as fans, we never truly know what these guys are going through behind the scenes and what is on their mind, you know, is he going up there and he's just gripping that that wood just a little bit tighter each time he strikes out because he is thinking to himself, shit, man, I was a week away from a buck 80 and now I'm up here in a pandemic and, and economics and I'm striking out left and right. I look like 2014 Javi again. Oh, my God, am I going to get whatever? I have a second kid on the way. You just never know the things that run through these guys' minds when they're behind the scenes. So, I mean, he's a human being. There's no way it's not in his head. Now, is it affecting him on the diamond?
1: And, dude, just think about it for a second. When you give up a shift on a Saturday night during a busy season at a restaurant and then the next day you go into work, at Sunday. You had a great night Saturday night, right? Uh-huh. But on Sunday you walk in and you go, how did it go? And everyone's like, dude, we raked. I made three thirty. This dude made three sixty. <laughs> and you kick yourself a little bit, right? And we're talking about this is just our jobs, man. Like that is just a yeah. totally normal human feeling to just be like, when a check or money is waved in front of your face and the deal isn't signed and done, you know, you're kind of thinking to yourself, "Damn it, what just happened?" Hop back in, Sean.
0: Well, I mean, I. I-, I- and I wanna, I, I, we're jumping all over Javi, and rightfully so, and I think Dominic's Dom 100% right that he's our guy that has to. But let's please, please, please not leave uh, Wilson Contreras out of this conversation, too. If there's another guy that's right there as far as disappointment goes this year, it's our catcher who's letting game-winning pass balls through his legs, who's hitting a buck 96 at the plate, who looks – I mean, you want to talk about missing fastballs down the middle of the plate and then swinging over the top at change-ups and curveballs. Willie's right there with Javi as well, just just making a note of that.
1: And he can't complete a throw from home plate to second base, it seems nah. like. That's been a huge issue. And let's see how it goes, right? Because Contreras was a guy that in the offseason when we were talking about it, I thought it was a guy that was a perfect time to flip at this time. I understand Offensive catchers an all-star catcher like Wilson Contreras. It's hard to come by, but at some point, man, you do need some stability from defensively from that position. It's very clear that he is no longer the personal catcher of you Darvish. And from the hitting perspective, it's like an every other year thing with him where one year he's got his swing figured out. Nice, short, quick, that, that launch angle is right there. He finishes with the hand up. And then the very next season, he's waving at stuff. He's guessing wrong. And he's in between all over again. And it's really, really disappointing that this dude can catch such a heater. And at the same time, you know, what is he hitting? 196 right now? Is he even. 196. 196. And really starts to ask the question, too, as well. Now, with Jose Martinez on the team as well, you might be entering a situation where Contreras is looking at less at bats because when Caratini is catching on those days, maybe Contreras doesn't have the luxury of being that DH anymore. You know, Dom. Do you you still have hope in Wilson Contreras? Is this kind of sort of fleshing out this narrative that by season's season's end, we're going to feel like this is the player that he is, an inconsistent mercurial player? You know, how do you handicap Wilson Contreras these final 25 games?
2: Well, even the difference between when the season started, they were doing really well. We came on here. We were throwing the parade already. We do the next one after 10 or 15 games and I'm on the ledge because this bullpen can't get anybody out. I think this is a podcast that's, that's probably the most real of the team. It's consistency. There is no consistency among the team right now, and that just screams a 500 ball club. As you mentioned, we haven't seen the hand come out from Contreras. We haven't seen the – I don't even need to look where it's going to – where the pitch is coming because I'm going to crush it and it's not going to matter. I'm going to cross the plate and point at this guy. I would love to see that. Now, the season – we only have a month to go. Both Contreras and Baez could just start smoking for the next two and a half to three weeks and carry this team. The Cubs are already at 20 wins. They really, realistically, they need 10 more, at least 10 more. You can get, you know, you can take it out of Pittsburgh. You can, they've obviously proven uh, you can as predicted by me beat up on the the, uh, Cincinnati Reds at times, you're going to have to get 10 more wins And both Baez and Contreras are going to be guys that the Cubs are going to need. Rizzo's not going to stay hot forever. Everyone's going to start to figure out Ian Happ again, unless MLB the show is right. And Ian Happ is just going to keep crushing the baseball. So far so good. Yeah. Yeah. They're the only ones who've gotten him right over the, this year. I can't believe it. Um, I just think Contreras is going to get over this. I think this is a rough spot. And just to prove you wrong, I think his hamstring is still okay.
1: It's unbelievable, right? Is Sorry, it, it's, hold it's on a two second. months it, of baseball. Is it September? Is it September? <laughs> <and> Contreras <laughs> got through a month of August without tearing up his hamstring. Oh, but
2: it's only 60 it's games. And that's, only, and that's like, we kind of, it escapes us because we're here talking about baseball. Like it's a normal 162 game season. Yep. And you know, it's a sample size. I mean, this is nothing 60 30 games I mean that's a slow April and Baez you know he can warm up in the middle of May carry us through the all-star break there's still plenty of time for both of those
1: guys it's got to be really difficult on a lot of these players too that really depend on those 500 at bats per season or for some pitchers that rely on those 200 innings because you're totally right you look at these splits on some of these guys yeah and you know I I'll go down the list. Seriously. The first one that comes to mind, honestly, is like a Paul Canerco. Paul Canerco in the 2000 aughts. Yeah. Who's that? Who? Red line, get off at 35th. Gotcha. But, you know, a, but a guy like that or whatever can put up just these awful abysmal numbers in the first half of a season. You're like, what is going on? What's happening to this guy? And he catches fire in the second half. You know, look at Kyle Schwarber last season. We, we came into this season with such positive sentiment and so many high hopes for Kyle Schwarber not based on his season in totality. His first month, first half of the season was very much the disappointing Kyle Schwarbert that we had seen the last two and a half seasons. It was that second half when he hit 260 and slugged over 600 and, and just absolutely hit everything in sight that final month of the season. It's got to be weighing on these players a little bit, right, of like, you know, tick, tick, tick. I only got so much time to make my baseball card look as good as it possibly can. I can't finish this season hitting 229. I got to get it to 290. But, you know, it just doesn't happen overnight. And maybe that's sort of going through the minds of these guys a little bit because it's gonna look weird when we look back on it. You're like, oh, wow, Rizzo hit only two forty four or whatever he ends up at at the end of the year. But if that means he hits over three hundred this month because he's only hitting two ten right now, we'll take it right? Because that's how they're going to the playoffs. Sean, hop in
0: Well, and I think Rizzo is the perfect example. He has a bad first month of the season every year. It's just typically that bad first month is April, and we think cold weather, and that's all it is, but I think it's just, he's a guy that needs those at bats, he needs to get into his rhythm, he needs to build up, and then usually into May, he starts swinging a solid bat, beating the shift, hitting the ball at the ballpark, so we're hoping that's what the case is now, right, he kind of, he's, he's hit into a lot of bad luck, I mean, he's hit a ton of balls hard, just right into the shift at somebody, but now he's had that first bad month, it's out of the way, I fully expect him to have a, to have a month here in September, where he does it. 280, 290,
1: 300. That is the hope. Um, I want to get some predictions out of you guys before we get you out of here, but I do want to talk about the rotation just really quickly. You know, let's maybe just start with the positives. Um, Let's start with the positives of, you know, you Darvish has been absolutely incredible. Can we just sort of start there right now? He's plus 800 to begin the season to win the Cy Young, and he's cruising towards that direction right now. So if you went to betonline.ag and put down some coin on that, You're looking pretty good in that respect right now. Let's just talk about the positives and then we'll work our way down the rotation. But I mean, you Darvish has just been a true joy to watch. We're getting to see the whole arsenal on display. Let's just, let's just give it up to you right now. The $126 million man looking like it, pitching like it. Sean, go first.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, all, all the props in the world for making all of us Cub fans who threw a hissy fit the last year and a half or the first year and a half. Right. And I think as of, uh, after last night and Max Freed giving up two runs, you is now the uh, NL, uh, NLER leader, right? It's uh, 147. So props to him. I mean, the guy's, been, the guy's been what we thought we were going to sign and even better.
1: Dom, you Darvish, crazy to say, but the ace that we thought he was.
2: Yeah, he, they are who we thought they were. Exactly. Uh, just rings in the back of the head. <laughs> I'm ready to crown him. Let's crown just, him. Crown <laughs> him.
1: <laughs>
2: so good, Denny Green. Um, uh, it's it's certainly been surprising. I, I'll, I'll, he deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just because he has 11 pitches and he only needs three or four to be on every time he goes out there. Um, he doesn't. He looks very confident on the mound. You know, we can we sit here and talk numbers all we want, but like when I sit down and watch a game, I'm usually watching. You know, in the first inning, it's it's how the pitcher is going to react to the umpire's zone. How crisp are these balls that are coming out of his hand? That kind of sort of that thing, and and I just feel that you Darvish is keeping everybody guessing. Um, you know, there's there's certain counts that you expect certain pitches, and I wouldn't say he's pitching backwards in counts like the announcers like to talk about, but he's just really surprising a lot of people. And and I think um, if you you know the hitters and the magic book on the pitchers, you can you know. Th- Throw out the book here because he's just he's just baffling everybody and, and baffling Cub fans, but in a good way. It's very surprising to see him do well. He deserves all the credit on this team.
1: That's a really great point, Tom. Just beyond the numbers, when you sit down and watch a Cubs game, he's doing stuff that we've never seen before. And it's not just you know the strikeouts and being in the zone and all the all the other advanced stats. It's you know Joe Madden was handling this dude with kids gloves. You know when he first came on, you know four crisp innings. Let's get him out of there. Let's I wanted to get him out of the game and have him feel good about himself. Long gone are those days. Not only is he pitching into the sixth and seventh inning, but it just seems like when he's emptying the tank on an inning, David Ross is throwing him back out there and Hey man, do it again. Be that guy. Give us that one extra inning that normal, normal pitchers on normal uh, pitching staffs don't normally give you. And he's going out there and he's doing it. And honestly, you Darvish is stepping up to the challenge. You know, he's the guy that isn't exactly, you know, he's protecting leads. He isn't giving up that home run to tie a game. And I think it's just been really impressive. Sean, hop in.
0: Well, yeah, and, you know, and you don't even need numbers. It's just the eye test with you, Darvish, right now. His command is filthy. The guy doesn't walk people. So even if he does give that home run up, it's a solo shot. It's mm-hmm. not major damage, you know. And we've talked about it, I think, on the last podcast about how fastball command is key to every pitcher, but it's specifically key to you, Darvish. When that guy can pump 96, 97, and it's been very impressive, like you just said, Joey, when, when Rossy puts him back out there in that sixth, seventh inning, and you hear him, you can hear it, you can hear that visceral grunt now. The guy's still popping 97, 98 in the 6th, 7th inning. And like Dominic just said, at that point, these guys have no idea which one of his 10, 11, 12 pitches he's going to throw, and he can command them all in and out of the zone. It's, it's kind of like watching like a, a hard-throwing Greg Maddux a little bit right now with the way he can move the baseball, but has the velocity to back it up.
1: Yeah, the fastball command and the swing and miss rate on the fastball thing is a, a far departure from what we've seen from him in the past. Dom, hop in.
0: Uh, you know,
2: eight walks over his last five games—that's incredible. Exactly. I, I was going to hit exactly what Sean said about when you do make the one mistake in in you know late in the sixth inning, early in the seventh, you're giving up a solo shot. And Cub fans, after watching you, Darvish, the last few years, will absolutely take you know giving up one run or two runs over seven innings that's it's really great you just don't want to let yourself beat the other team
1: Dom I'm going to come back to you first on this next question we talked about Darvish the rest of the guys Hendricks Lester Quintana Mills Dom who do you got your eye on coming down this stretch of a guy you know maybe he's not the best pitcher on the rotation but he's a guy if we can get something out of this one guy we're probably going to be better off as a whole and can win this division
2: well, over the last couple of uh, couple of days, I was really in, I was really almost excited by the fact of Chatwood and Quintana going in the same game. I think that's two different styles of pitching. You're, you're, you're dealing with a right-hander and a left-hander, so that way you can't really, you know, screw with the lineup if you're the other team at that point. Um, so that's really disappointing. You know, I wasn't always the biggest Chatwood fan because it's like set the DVR longer because you know Chatwood's pitching and that could get, you know, you know like he's almost like Steve Traskell, the human rain delay. The guy gets on base and it is just a freaking drag you know throw over step off let's change the signals again foul off three three pitches um as much as I want to go with a guy like like Lester who can you know you know what to expect out of you Darvish and Kyle Hendricks at this point of the season they're both probably going to give you a good solid outing you kind of need the guys at the back of the rotation to kind of pick up the slack and you don't need them to win every time out you just kind of need them the to hold the boat steady but I, I feel like I, I need to look at Kyle Hendricks and if you want to be considered the ace of this staff like this is where you can take it right here um, it's not a lot of these guys treat their outings as a competition to follow the guy in front of them if you Darvish goes out and throws a good game Kyle Hendricks should be the man who is like give me give me the, the GD ball because I'm going to go out and make that outing look like child's play and I think as much as his face doesn't reflect that, I know Kyle's a, he's a battler. He he wants to do that, but I, I think I need to see more wins out of Kyle Hendricks over the next month.
1: Because there have been times, especially over his last two or three turns where you kind of don't know what you're going to get out of Hendricks. And, you know, let's be honest the Cincinnati Reds, it's not just, you know, it's not just an idea. This is a real thing where they sort of have his number, and that's a tough matchup for him right now, and they're in the, the division, and chances are he's going to have to pitch against them again. Sean, between Hendricks, Lester, Quintana, and Mills, who is your X factor heading into this stretch run, this final 25 games?
0: Well, let me, let me drop these stats first. So far, after the first two weeks when they were all dealing, we're now at Hendricks at 409. Mills at five two three, 3 Lester at four five five, Chatwood at 5-3. That's, that's a bunch of four and fives right there. Like, that's not going to get it done. You can't have Darvish dealing at an ace level and then go from a one to a low three or four and five the next, next four times two. I mean, now we start getting into territory for me with days off where we're skipping guys and we're getting Darvish an extra start and so forth. But I, I think Dominic just nailed it on the head. It has to, has to, has to be Kyle Hendricks. We're not going to depend on Lester to come out there anymore and be the two-starter. He's just too, too home-run ball-prone. That's going to happen every game, right? It has to be Hendricks. You know, he's going to go again tomorrow night on the road in Pittsburgh. The guy's got to pitch well. He's got to pitch well on the road, and I don't know what that's about. Like, it's not an atmosphere thing, right, because there's nobody in the stands this year, and it's still the same thing as last year. So I'm not really sure what that's about. I mean, I know specifically the Reds give him fits, but it's not just the Reds. He struggles on the road, period. So it has, for me, like Dominic said, it starts and stops with him. And then, you know, Quintana's going to go into the rotation now. We'll see what happens with there. You know, a guy that I've talked to Joey a lot about, just wanting to get a really, really good look at him, as far as the back end of the rotation, is lake Like, don't we have to get a look at him in the next two, three weeks of the season, not just for this year, but for next year? That's another guy that can throw 95, 96 on the heat, another hard thrower, which we don't have. Outside of Darvish in the rotation right
1: now. Dom, hop in.
2: And how about, you know, how about him just stepping up, especially as a, you know, the quote unquote rookie pitcher and buzzing the tower of their team? Like yeah. I, I couldn't have been more excited for him to go out there and just really rile everybody up. That was it, that was an <laughs> excellent move on his part. And that led to a really exciting back half of that doubleheader. Enrico Palazzo style doubleheader.
1: <laughs> and we got another one coming up this weekend so hopefully they're going to be able to to bring asley in there and maybe see what else he can continue to prove i'm with you guys you know i'm looking at Hendricks. i do want to say that but i'm in just for the sake of argument i'm going to go somewhere in a different direction sean you're totally right on lester lester's five innings two runs and you're happy anything more than that you go whoa anything less than that you're not that surprised right yeah and alec mills I want to say Alec Mills, but he's not really an X factor for me. You know, your, your fifth rotation guy is definitely going to usually be a bullpen day. Sure, would I like to see him pitch like he did in the first two weeks? Sure, would I like to see him pitch better than he has the last two weeks? Yes, but there's got to be some sort of middle ground there. Five runs, three, you know, I mean, sorry, five innings, three runs, somewhere along those lines. The guy that I'm looking at is Jose Quintana, guys. A dude that came into the rotation, going to be a free agent this year, is a guy that has proven. Over a five, six start span can pitch lights out. It is very, very possible. He can get on a roll. He looked pretty sharp in his last outing, pitching, what, three innings, was able Mm -hmm. to case some guys. Swing and miss is a big, big, big thing with Quintana, and I was seeing that in his last outing right now. Look, if the guy can come out there and just give us that bit of a burst. I don't know if Quintana's good over the long haul of a season anymore, but that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at a short spurt right now, three, four, five starts. I think Quintana can really turn this thing around and help that back end of the rotation out and get us a win on a day when we we might have to be fighting for it. Maybe it's a little bit more of a 50-50 game. Sean, hop in.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. We we just need Quintana right now to be a solid number three starter. Not an ace, not even a two. Be a solid number three starter because we are at this point talking probably – five regular season starts before the playoffs and Quintana's definitely had those months in and before where he goes out there it's kind of what makes you want to rip your hair out I say he'll go out there and dominate in July or in August and then come out in September like last year and pitch to an 11 ERA so it's in him to do it hopefully things like pitching for a contract just wanting to be out there after missing basically a month it it fires him up and he has a great month of baseball a great four or five starts and he bees our three starter you know
1: so let's get to our final topic here and get you guys out of here. Dom, we'll go to you first. Any prediction right now about this division? Is there a team that scares you right now, or what are you predicting for the Cubs over the next you know, 10 or so games before we talk again? Do you think they're going to be able to turn it around in this stretch? Do you think maybe the hot streak is still a couple more uh, exits on the highway away? What are you seeing with this team just for the next 10 games or so?
2: All right, so you're at 20 wins right now. You've got three in Pittsburgh with two nights predicted of rain, so that might back you up, and you might have to play double headers. You've got the Cardinals over the weekend. Uh, that that could go either way, uh, and then and then you're in a stretch where you're facing the you know okay. So after the Cardinals, you face the Reds again. Then you're in a stretch where you're facing the Brewers, the Indians, and the Twins. Those guys aren't going to roll over for you. So you got to take advantage of at least the next week and a half, um, and try to get as many of you know, again the magic number I think is ten. You probably want to get thirteen. So out of the next maybe ten days, if you could win six, seven, maybe eight of those, uh it puts you in a really good spot going into the end of the month where you've got Pittsburgh for four um in that that fourth week. But uh you gotta stack up, you know, the old cliche is you gotta beat the teams who you have to beat teams like pittsburgh like those guys you love seeing on the schedule i wish the cubs could keep playing in cincinnati you know i know we skipped sonny gray um but they lit up their you know their number two guy pretty well uh all three outfielders with two home runs that's disgusting um you need more of that but you're gonna have to play some good baseball against the cardinals uh Cardinals are only three back right now of course they're you know they have to play 18 more games in four days or whatever they're at right now which which is crazy but the Cardinals know how to win and I think they're they're scary they're right there and the Cubs are going to have to beat them um it's going to be very telling over the next two weeks of of where this team is going
1: you know Ernie Banks used to say let's play two you know Bernard Gilkey and Ray Lankford in St. Louis say, let's play six. Uh, And that's what what they're probably going to have to do. And you're right, man. The schedule is not going to get easier. There's some interesting matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks. Sean, just in the next 10 games, you know, Pirates, Cardinals, and then Reds again, what are you looking for from this team? You know, and if you're a Cubs fan listening to this pod right now, what would be a signal that maybe the Cubs are pointed in the right direction? What would be that one thing you could put your finger on?
0: Well, first, I'll extend it just a bit. The next 14 games, all division games. That, that's the season right there. So what you do, eight of 14 are at Wrigley, including five against the Cardinals. The, the big thing is the offense is going to have to hit some good pitching. And Dominic's right. It is the Cardinals that scare you. I mean, I like what the Reds did yesterday with their, with their moves. But the Cardinals are what scare you because they're fourth, in team, they're fourth in baseball and team ERA, only behind the Dodgers in the National League. And when you're facing good pitching, you've got to meet it with good hitting. You're going to get the Cardinals five times between Friday and Monday. You better bring the bats because the Cardinals' thing is if these if these double headers and all these games don't wear them down, they have the games left to make up and catch and then pass the Cubs if they keep pitching like this. So we've got to, got to, got to bring the bats against these good pitching.
1: It's incredible that the Cubs seriously need to take care of their own business because, as you said, they could just wake up one day. Without, they could win a baseball game and still lose ground on yep. their division lead, which is so crazy to think yep. about. Another team I'm sort of looking at is maybe not a, a foe to contest for the division. I just don't quite see it, but a team that could be a thorn in our side is that Brewers bullpen, man. If we do not have a lead against them after the fifth or sixth inning with the guys that they have in that pen, it is awfully scary right now. And I was so happy and so, you know, impressed and, Inspired to see this team early on in the season scoring runs after the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, tacking on insurance runs. That's kind of dried up over the last couple weeks. I really want to see us try and get back to that over the next 10 games, start winning some series again. That's my whole thing. We don't need a six, seven, eight game winning streak to put this puppy to bed. We need to start winning two out of three, three out of four. We got to stop, you know, three game losing streaks. Can't have that happen. And over these next 10 games, just stay over 500, put us in a position. To, to be in a situation where we got a 3-4 game lead and we can play these teams? Dom, hop in, and then Sean.
2: I, I just – the 7-inning the thing just crushes me. Like, if these are 9-inning games, the Cardinals are, are dead. Like, yeah. you're, you're not going to get 6-7 innings out of every starter every time for all the games they need to make up. If you put them in a position where they only have to play 7 innings, I don't think it's going to tire them out. These guys are ball players. They haven't played all year. This is the second month of the season. Nobody's going to get tired. Um, the, the Cardinals are definitely something to worry about, like you said. The Cubs could play, you know, decent ball over the next couple of weeks, and the Cardinals just can go streaking right past, and that's that might hurt.
1: <laughs> and look, the seventh inning rule has benefited us. It's been a detriment to the Cubs this season. I'm just going to be honest. I hate it. I hate it either way. It's I really hope it's the one rule that does not survive. This um obviously unprecedented season. DH in both leagues, I can wrap my head around that. But the seventh inning I really hope goes away. Sean, hop in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna go back to what you're saying about the Brewers. You know, it's it's really confounding to me that they that we struggle so hard against them. And it's not just it's not just their bullpen, their starting pitching tends to do pretty well against us. And if you look at stats, the Brewers are seventeenth in baseball in the team team ERA, right behind our beloved Cubbies at number sixteen. But yet every time they face us starting pitching tends to do pretty well, holds us our offense down to two or three runs, and then that filthy bullpen comes in, especially Hader, and we're just done. And, you know, like, go and ahead.
1: I can't help but feel also that we are going through a little bit of some emotional scarring that's happened over the last two seasons, <laughs> where honestly, 2018, we were cruising, right? We were in control of the division, picked up Cole Hamels, had the best record in the National League. And then completely fell out of it and then ended up in the playing game. Didn't make it. Last year, a very similar situation. Not as good of a team, but we were right there in the mix. And then a nine-game losing streak just smacks us right in the face. And then all of a sudden we win 84 games. And we're getting to that point right now where Cubs are in first place. Great start to the season. A little bit of a tail off right now. And I think right now we're all – our own little emotional triggers are kind of being – being hit a little bit, all these little bells are going off right now. Is what, t- what kind of team is this going to be? Is this the team that continues to degrade and regress as the season goes along, or is this just a lull, and then the team comes back and reveals the per- the, the team that it truly is, and it's just going through a rough patch like a lot of teams go through right now?
0: Yeah, and for, for sure. And, you know, and we have 26 games left. I think my number at the beginning of the year I set over under at 35. So I need 15 and 11 to hit that number on the spot. I still think that's possible. If you go 13 and 13, that's 33 wins. 33 wins, I still have to believe, probably get you the division. I mean, unless unless the Cardinals just don't let up and they just steamroll and they go something like 20 or I don't even know how many games they have left at this point if they go 25 and 5 or whatever I don't see that happening
1: they're actually letting the Cardinals play all 162 this season I was going to say they have
0: Um, 55
2: games left to
0: play so we're just going to do four inning four inning triple (laughs) headers, right
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're just going gonna to go by winning percentage. They're going to play 162, and we'll play 60. And you're right, man, 34-35 uh, still looks like the number that it's going to take to get there. 33 probably gets the job done. 32-33 right now looks like you're definitely in the playoffs in the National League. So the Cubs are on course right now. They started off 13-3. They've been under 500 since. Let's see if we can play maybe a little above 500 ball. Not lights out, but let's see if we can bring ourselves there. Gentlemen, this is going to do it for today's podcast. Little Cubs check in right now as they begin a series with the Pirates tonight and then the Cardinals, big Cardinals series this weekend. Sean Graves, thank you for joining the show. Don Fortini, thank you for joining the show, guys.
2: Always a thank pleasure. you.
1: This was Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Sign up today for your first free deposit at betonline.ag. Make sure you check it out. Thank you for checking out the pod today. we got plenty more coming up this week, and then next week it is going to be on. We're talking football. We're talking baseball. We're talking basketball. Sports is finally flush. We are in the flush season right now. And so far, let's just make sure it just keeps going, and we'll be all right. Until then, thank you for listening. Be kind, Be good.